Okay. Perfect. All right. Great. So we're good to go. Do you want to start it off? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Welcome. Uh, this is my friends, Lily and uh, Jess from college. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? How, how are you doing, Alex? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, but yeah, so they have their own podcast called Throwing It Down. Uh, they brought in some guests as well, and they just talk about all sports. Uh, normally, this is a soccer podcast, but uh, we're, we'll, we will talk about soccer. And, you know, they, they were like good friends of mine. We were in the same class. Uh, in last year, we were in like center field, uh, and we just decided uh, we should do a collab. Yeah. Uh, so, we yeah. love a collab. Yeah. Love a good collab. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Um, Alex, you want to let the people know what we're talking about because you're the expert on this. Yeah. So on I all mean, the soccer. Yeah. So I mean, like this is, I mean, obviously like anyone who's listened to our uh, Box to Boxes episodes, uh, we uh, obviously talk about soccer and we just talk about like things going on, Champions League, Premier League, whatever. Uh, we will talk about that. Uh, as well as actually, we'll, and and then we'll get into you guys, your guys' forte and basketball as well. I'm wearing a basketball jersey just to get prepared for that as well. But the Nets, I see. Yes. Nets <laughs> old school New Jersey jerseys. Actually. Yes. Oh my god, I'm so excited. But uh, yeah, we were just so we were just talking about uh, the recent uh, uh, events that happened in the Champions League. Uh, on Tuesday with uh, PSG in Istanbul and we were just kind of shocked when we were just talking about it ourselves how both teams went off the pitch you never see that we you uh, I've seen a few players before where only they did and then the players like would just play I, I think this is like a huge deal because I think this will actually like really change something you know like with like other sports doing it as well with like such a weird time right now in 2020. I think this was just such a positive impact. And I think this is going to go a long way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's really interesting to see it on this kind of international level because we've obviously seen very similar things happening last season, in the NBA and in the WNBA um, and just across all sports really. So seeing this on an international level, I think is super important. Um, just to see that kind of extra level of support to things like this and this extra level of we're not gonna we're not gonna stand for things like this we're not gonna allow these things to go unnoticed or go without bringing attention to it because it's obviously very not okay Um, and so to me one of the really interesting things about it was the parallels between um, what happened in the NBA and the WNBA Um, after the Jacob Blake shooting, and then what happened in the Champions League um, this past week. Seeing the teams kind of together in unity over this, I think is super, super important. And it's like one of the steps in the right direction to not doing things like this anymore, which obviously the ref made some super racist comments um, to, was it one of the coaches? Yeah, it was one of the coaches that was on the bench and they actually just added that rule um, recently where you can actually give a red card to someone on the bench, whether it's a coach or a player. And and then one of the, I think both the coaches and the players from both teams sort of heard that remark. And then one of the players for, from Istanbul, uh, they stood up to one of the reps. I think it was the ref that said it. Um, his name is Dembaba. He's just an absolute legend. He used to play in the Premier League. He, he was a 
really good striker, but not like coming to the ends of his career. He's sort of like he's playing in Turkey now, but like what he did, it when he stood up and now like on uh, Twitter recently, where how like other players came in and said, "There's no way that guy said it," and then they're just all saying like, "Okay, let's leave." And like the biggest player of them all, like from that game, was Mbappe, and he was uh, sort of leading that. Uh, you know, just walk off the pitch. Yeah, and, and I think also... it's important, like what Lily said about it being like on an international scale, because like in America, we've seen all of this change happen uh, so rapidly in the last couple of months, um, primarily with basketball, the WNBA and the NBA taking a stand. And when they were in the bubble, the action of having athletes not play playing makes such an impact it's such a little thing um that makes such the impact because they're getting paid these are their jobs and it's 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 like a strike really when they step off the pitch or walk off the court when something like this happens um and it's like we're gonna go so far as to do this and if you want to suspend our pay um i know that in the champions league that wasn't really necessarily up for debate but in the nba that was up for debate and they were full force ready to go that far um because it's an issue that is so important and it's almost like American sports um, have kind of taken a stand up against that. Whereas like we're looking at soccer um, internationally. And I mean, I'm not so sure where the origins are of the refs that made these racist, racist comments. Um, but it's like bringing that attention to everyone in those communities in Paris and in Istanbul. Like this is just something we are not gonna take lightly um, any comment like that. So, I mean, them resuming play on Wednesday and bringing in a whole new set of officials is I'm sure, Alex, as you can confirm, something that has probably never happened in the history of the Champions League um, and what's been going on in soccer recently. So it's like one small thing will create a wave of change, hopefully, across the societies that these two sports teams that it happened to during that game, um, it will just like cause a chain reaction. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that I think this is just the start of something that can just grow. And yeah, I've I've personally never seen this. I I was just watching I was watching uh Barcelona playing against Juventus and that was sort of just a big game and this was sort of like side because we all knew that PSG was gonna win and they did the next day, which was yesterday. Um, but and then I just got like news and news like why isn't the PSG game like because I was looking at my phone like the updates and it was just stuck at 12 minutes it was just stuck for no reason mm -hmm. and then I see that like the players were like all together and just see suspended and then I just see what happens and it was just sort of I've never seen anything like this before it, it was sort of similar to how I think it was the Bucks against the Magic in the bubble playoffs they sort of they they mm -hmm. didn't play at all um that was sort of similar and they gave like that speech in the locker room that was, I mean, uh, that was huge in the NBA. And I think uh, this is just at a, at a larger scale, like you guys said, international level. Um, and I hope, I just hope that it's the start of something new. Yeah, for sure. And I think kind of like just said, like, hopefully, I mean, going off of what just said, hopefully this kind of creates some momentum because um, going back to earlier, like how things have changed or have not changed is like, honestly, looking at the grand scheme of things the big picture like I think when we think about it, a lot of things haven't really changed but I think 
they can, they absolutely can. I don't know that we've necessarily like seen all of that change left. Like Brianna Taylor's killers still haven't been arrested. Um, someone in the George Floyd case was released on bail, things like that. So the actual change that we're looking to see, I don't know if it's necessarily happening right now, but I think it's the kind of thing where it's only a matter of time when you have the biggest names in sports, both in the U.S. and internationally. Like Mbappe was was absolutely like one of the biggest names at the last World Cup. Like, I mean, I know his name, so um, and I'm not a soccer person. And so I think that you're definitely right with like it's a step in the right direction because like we might not have the change we're looking for yet, but I think it's only a matter of time when you have. Mbappe and LeBron standing up and saying we're not going to tolerate this anymore so I think it's the kind of thing where like you definitely have to keep it up like the fight's far from over but definitely going in the right direction um but Alex I have like a sock not like a soccer question but do you think that this is something that like because I know it's less like there's the champions league and then there's the premier league and it's all, and then there's like different leagues, different countries. So it's, and it all kind of comes together. Um, is this something that you think will kind of like ramify across other leagues or do you think it's like more isolated in the champions league? Well, I mean, so with, I, I watch the premier league every weekend and mm -hmm. they have ever since uh, they came back from lockdown, which was a uh, project restart um they they did for, for what they did for two weeks is that they didn't have the names on their backs they had black lives matter and they also have from from project restart till now and it's still going on they've been taking a knee before uh the first whistle and i think that's just going to keep on going um but they also have like a full like even before covid they had like a full like i don't know if it was a week or a month for no room for racism and now it's also actually uh a pride month uh for premier league so they're sort of just like mixing in all these things together um i i watch um other leagues as well not as much as premier league like uh, the bundesliga and la liga they're not as much they're not as into this as much as the premier league and champions league are they, they like, you know, the refs, um, they have like the badges of like no rooms for racism as well as like respect. Um, but I think now with, you know, these superstars like Mbappe and Neymar was there as well. Um, I feel like now this will move into other leagues as well. I, I don't know how fast it will be. It could be a very slow process, but at the same time, I just believe that what Dembaba did and both teams, I feel like will start uh, like, not really movement, but I think it will start something that will make uh, racism just like completely extinct. Because even before, like it was so like, uh, it was so obvious that like when players uh, of color were like getting booed off the pitch, like after a game, they, they would literally like, I don't want to do it on here because it's uh, very profane, but like they, they would like make signs of like what they, what the fans were doing and then what the leagues would do. Um, they would like find who, who would do that and they would just ban them forever. Um, mm -hmm. And they need to do that more often. In my opinion, I, I got an alert yesterday that they, that, that ref is only like serving like a 10 year ban. I just, I think they need to be more strict with that. And if they do like the lifetime ban um, for, 
anyone that does these sort of things, I think that will uh, create this process, like make this process quicker. Well, I agree with you because a lot of it's about like setting a precedent when something like this happens, um, because I'm reading it on NPR right now uh, to brief myself before this podcast and just reading the transcript of what was the words exchanged between the referee and the coaches on the sidelines. Um, the way he said it was so casual that even when you just mentioned that referees would even wear uh, the no room for racism tags on their jerseys. I mean, even if you're have, if that's your job and that's what people are telling you to wear. Um, I mean, still, like, I don't understand how you could be so casual saying a slur like that. It's, it's like, you would never imagine anyone ever saying that. And like, if anyone ever said it in conversation to you, like in real life, you'd be like, what? Like that's, it, it makes you stop. And that's kind of what their assistant coach did. He was like, did you hear what he said to guys? Like, are, are your ears open? <laughs> like, do, do you understand what was just said? So, I mean, yeah, like a, you said it was a 10 year ban. I mean, I would even, Around go, that. yeah, I mean, ban it, like just lifetime ban. I mean, that's what I think because at this point in time, if your sport that you are a ref for in whatever league um, is taking a stance on this, and even in the world, like, I mean, it's different because people have different opinions about things. But for me, like, there's just no room for any words like that um, in, in soccer um, in, in any sport across the world. So, I mean, yeah, I think the fullest extent of a lifetime ban would make sense because then that will make everyone else think twice about the words that they're going to use to describe someone and say about someone. Um, and Lily said this on our podcast last week. Um, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Um, I mean, even in the getting caught up in the heat of a soccer match is no excuse for saying things that that referee said. So, yeah. And I think looking at the big picture, like Alex, you said that it's like such a, it's such a big deal that it's something that like you think it could see like it could extinct racism and I think like I, I don't I disagree a little bit only in that like I think while athletes standing up is absolutely the right thing to do it feels like with the refs and the athletes not I don't want to call it the bare minimum but it's so like the first step in a lot of really really big steps and it's something like not saying a racist slur it's not even the bare minimum. Like it's, it's lower than that. Whatever's lower than the bare minimum. Like that is just something you should absolutely never do. The bar is on the floor. The bar is on the floor. And so it's the kind of thing where it's like, there's a lot, a lot of talk about this. And I think people like educating themselves more on it is like, it's not about being not racist. It's about being anti-racist. And I think that's kind of like with the ref, it's like, oh, well, I didn't say a slur um, or not the ref, but other players or other people involved. Like I didn't say a racist slur. And it's like, okay, you're not supposed to, no one's giving you an award for that it's you have to do so much more and I especially like when you have a platform when you have a platform like this um it does I think kind of become your responsibility to do something and to stand up to things like this and so I think that it's like I don't I don't think that athletes standing up for things is going to solve racism in any way but I think it does take a step in putting the pressure on think things like policymakers and lawmakers and billionaires, billionaire team owners, things like that, where it's like, we're not going to stand for this and you're where, how you're making your money. So either buckle down and let's get to work or we're out. Um, and so I think that it's like, I don't want to say it's like 
super, super, I mean, it is complicated, but I don't think it's as simple as like, this is going to solve everything. I think it's a small step in the right direction. I don't think it's the only step you can make. I think there's a bunch of different steps, but I think it's definitely a good way to start basically. Yeah. And if we're following like this parallel, um, of between American basketball, um, and soccer that we, I feel like is our theme for your episode here. Um, it's like what Lily said, like, I love I these connections, think, right? Like athletes standing up for racism and walking off a pitch and leaving the court isn't really gonna, what's gonna solve racism whatsoever, but it's like the small little steps to take. It's, it's the fact that um, all of these NBA players and celebrities in America started, started a trend of huge voter turnout um, in all mm-hmm. of these states across the country. And it's those I think little that's how you that, see it taking effect. Right. And it's those little things that they took in America that caused a wave of change. Um, and will continue to do so. So like, yes, it's always a step in the right direction when you stand up for something like that. But right now, like we said, the bar is literally on the floor. That's like, yeah. we're like congratulating people for not being racist. Like that's, we have that's much not, bigger problems. Than him. And I think, enough. yeah, it's not enough at all. And I think that um, like just mentioning the voter turnout thing is that it's like, it's no secret, and if you don't know, get on board, that like racism and colonialism and imperialism is just so rooted in the basis of everything of how this country and the world operates. It just is. And that's why this is such a big fight and such like a very complicated issue. But then just mentioning the voter turnout is like, that's a small way. Small is pretty big, but like, that's a way where you see like opening stadiums up to as voting sites and starting more than a vote and things like that are like, did it solve racism? Absolutely not. But it's giving people a voice and saying, or it's athletes are encouraging people to use their voice and saying, we're not going to stand for stuff like this anymore. And I think that that's vastly important because people listen to athletes, like whether you agree or not, they listen, they're either mad about it or they're agreeing with them. So it has some kind of impact on you, whether, whether you agree with them or not, you're obviously affected by it. Um, So I think that like, I think while the work is far from over or honestly far from even like getting rolling, I think we're making some good steps or athletes are making some good steps in standing up for things like this. Yeah. I mean, they also have the like respect badge on, on refs, uh, uh, like, uh, uniform, which is like completely ironic because of how they just treated those players. Mm-hmm. And right. I, and, the, and I, I, a quote, like, Lily, when you were just what you were just mentioning, a quote just like popped into my head where like harsh words doesn't fix stuff, action will. And I feel like if even without like uh, like the voices that you were talking about, even like just not saying anything and actually like what they did and walking off the pitch, that's even like a, a, a better thing to do. Yeah. No, they're right, standing like, up. They're saying we're not going to, st- we're not giving into this system that's going to allow this. Yeah. And like Alex, what you said about how like you weren't even watching the game, you just looked at your phone and it just like kind of stopped updating. There's probably so many people who are in that moment thinking the exact same thing as you. Like, what the hell happened that could have stopped the game at 12, 14 mm-hmm. minutes, whatever it was. Um, and then that's when you start looking things up. That's when you take to Twitter and then you see all these people like Neymar going off. Like, there's no room for racism in football. Like, yeah. because there is none. And this actually happened. And if you read, that's why like reading on NPR, like the transcript of what was said and words exchanged, like, I was just like, what? Like, 
people still talk like that? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, um, especially when you're so like, you're a referee, like you work directly with these athletes, like athletes of color, of different cultures, especially in soccer, something that's so international. Yeah, international that, like, soccer. Is people like you, I feel with. like have to be more like cultured and smarter basically than people that. People are so um, stupid. Right? <laughs> um, but seriously, I, hopefully this does attract attention. And I think it has. I mean, even just one Google search, I just searched Champions League and that's the first headline yeah. that comes up out of the whole um, week. Definitely. Yeah. Um, small steps. Yeah. Lily, were you going to say something? No, no, you go, you go. Uh, I was just also going to bring up like just a completely uh, different like mm-hmm. topic the like the main reason why I was watching Barcelona versus Juventus it's basically the equivalent of like the two it's it was the two greatest in my eyes the two greatest athletes ever to like play against each other again in Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi I mean like that like you just can't take your eyes off the screen when you watch them Ronaldo scored two goals and Juventus won three nothing and an American scored which was oh. great yeah, Weston McKinney, and I, 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 yeah, I love what the uh, U.S. men's national team is doing. By the way, like the, the young, mm-hmm. all Europe, I love it, and I'm actually like they were playing a friendly against um, who was it? It was like Panama, and they played against El Salvador yesterday, and they won six nothing. Like I was excited for a friendly. I've never been excited for a friendly for U- U- United States, and it's so great to see like the youngsters play. Um, but anyway, they like, have to do something. They can't even compete with the U.S. women's national team. No, because like they they always use MLS players. Like when will they realize realize when MLS is not a, even at like a top ten league? Like it's not at the same level as where other countries are. And a main, I'm, I'm just I'm actually glad that you brought that up because a lot of people say like the U.S. men's national team, like, oh, we suck. Oh, we never, we didn't make the World Cup, whatever. And the women's national team are, like, you know, the best in the world. Like, the reason why is because the women's national team started off at the same level, like, on the same playing field as everyone else. And we're, like, obviously, the, like, as a, as a country, as a nation, we're, like, the most, like, athletic. I mean, you see that in Olympics and stuff. But with the men's national team, we just fell behind. Like, that's why we're we can barely get out of the group stage of like us uh, of the world cup the last time it was 2014 and we lost in the round of 16 like that's like the highest we can get right now and the main source to actually like get past that stage is to put players in europe to actually like gain like grow their potential you know like christian pulisic west mckinney tyler adams who uh, lived right by maris mm-hmm. uh and yeah, uh yeah and uh like i i'm just so excited because like i i feel like they actually like want to succeed and like now with the next world cup well after 2022 it's going to be in north america it's going to be in us mexico canada i mean it's just a perfect stage set for them to like show the world why they can become the next like champions of the world yeah i love that well usually they always say like with practice like you have to play with bigger competition um to be better so i mean i totally i don't really understand the power dynamics of like how the mls comes into play with other european leagues and i'm sure we don't really do that great because we don't really growing up 
when you're thinking about sports to play, you don't really prioritize soccer in the most competitive way in America. So yeah. I guess I, I, that does make sense, like what you're saying um, about like how if you're just playing at this bare minimum league your whole life and then you go to the World Cup where everyone else is up here, but you've been competing for four or five years at this level, um, you're not ever going to pass this level because that's what your competition is. It's basically like we're Gonzaga and then we make the March Madness and we just like, oh, wow, these are like these ACC teams, these like <laughs> SEC teams, like uh, we're not at their level, even though we're like ranked so high, like right. why can't we compete with them? Well, obviously, because your conference sucks. Like, yeah, true. no, we're, it's, like, that's we're, we're playing checkers and the rest of the world is playing chess. Like, yeah. <laughs> really, like but, but we're getting better. We're getting better. Um, all right, let's talk NBA. Do you want to switch gears? Yes, let's do it. Um, All right. This is like, I, I've only, I've uh, recorded one episode only where I've actually talked outside of soccer. Okay. So this is the second time I'm going to do this. This is big. This is huge. This is, this is a, a milestone. But basically, I'm like, with the, the teams I support, we're not doing so great. Giants, like, yeah, sure, we're in the NFC East. Uh, top of the NFC East, yeah, just yeah, we are. We, we love on Throne Down. We love the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or how Skip Bayless says it, the NFC least, whatever. Um, um, then you got like Yankees, like Lily. Okay. Oh, don't even hit me with that complaining. About no, let's talk. Like let's talk. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I feel like I compare the Yankees mm-hmm. as like the MLB version of the Celtics. Can you see that? Um, yeah, I totally, totally, totally get that because if you're looking at like a, a much bigger picture way of thinking it, like the Celtics and the Yankees have both been historically dominant in their leagues. Um, so no, that actually makes completely sense, complete sense. And I think also if you kind of compare like the 1980, like 1970 Celtics, you kind of had, the, they have this like, well, they started it first, but this like big, big, bad Yankees vibe about it. Like they are a really tough team, really big team. Um, and so I think team woes, I really do, um, enough out of you. <laughs> um, no. So I, I think that's totally, totally a fair comparison. It's a weird one considering the, well, rivalry of it like all, the but... last time we like the Celtics won a championship and the Yankees won a championship. It was around 20, 2008. Yeah. 2009. And they've also both been kind of like rebuilding for exactly like 12 exactly. years now. And then they come like pretty far, but they never can close. Yeah. It. No, that's exactly. the thing of like every year. I mean, Twitter's filled with Yankees fans like the first this day of the preseason year. freaking out about Luke Voigt and Stanton and Judge and all of them and it's like it's so like they're so cocky about it and I respect it I really do and they have they have good reason to be like their team is absolutely stacked and then it comes like playoff times and they're the most confident people in the world and they're out in the wild card or they're out in, it's like, like they're not a sweet. they're not like a losing t- they're not a bad team but they're not a winning team exactly do you know what they're I mean yeah come postseason well I also think like I think there's an argument and this isn't a hundred percent accurate but in the realm of like when they're good they're really good but when they're bad they're bad and I think when it comes to playoffs that's when it's like your bad games can't be bad they have to be like mediocre at their worst um so I think that's where it's like because you have seven games so it's like you gotta yeah um and then then, like and then with my soccer team with Arsenal like don't even get me started we're like 
like we're in the relegation battle wait i, I wait Lily, have you seen ted lasso oh my god it's my favorite show i adore so, like, it right now we're in the relegation like, yeah near the well relegation. so i also when i entered at nbc i worked in the premier league so i have like a, a oh, decent idea of things yeah <laughs> I would love to do that. But, um yeah, so i mean and now with all those teams like coming together and just being bang average kind of like combining them the nets my nets are like my it's like my help me obi-wan you're my only hope kind of like that <laughs> well so like i think but that's a great point because i think like the nets have a really good shot this year i think pending everybody being healthy what, what what's just doing just hate i don't like the nets <laughs> oh yeah because you're yeah next because she doesn't like to share i just think you sitting here with your new jersey nets jersey no on is like a disgrace <laughs> to new york that you guys are the good team coming up here like it's just i mean it's just hey john marks you're no one's GM. you guys aren't gonna want to hear this the bills are the only new york football team Oh no, no no! Oh, they're they're my they're my AFC. The, every time the Giants don't make the playoffs, I'm going for the Bills. Every time. Yeah. Every time. No, that's Look, I'll I... cheer New York on no matter what because I think like a winning season for any New York sports team would do wonders for the state, like uh-huh. in terms of everything. But I mean, do you think James Harden's going to go to the Nets? That's my real question. Okay. So, at first, when I first heard those news, I was like. Eh, well, how would he? You don't work? even need him. You really don't. So, okay. Now the thing is, that, like, you can't the have most- two ball hogs on one team. First of all, Kevin Durant's not a ball hog. Okay. I'm talking about Kyrie <laughs> Irving. Okay, that's okay. Fair, fair enough. I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay, but, ba- but anyways, I think it would. As time has moved on, I think it would be a good idea to do it. I don't know if Houston would do it. The reason why is because I think. I came, uh, they came out with saying uh, Houston just today where they only want Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or it's like no deal. But if somehow they like lose their leverage and say, okay, we'll go with Levert, Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, and, and a few first round picks, it would be smart for us to do that because Dinwiddie is an expiring contract and Jared Allen is an expiring contract. And this only gives us a one-year window, basically, because they're great players. Dinwiddie's an all-star level player, in my opinion. And Jared Allen is, like, around top 10 center territory. And if I don't think we have enough cap space to sign both of them next season. So I think we should go – if we can't get James Harden, then go for Bradley Beal, because clearly he's not settled in Washington. I think Beal's a much Alton. better bet than Harden. I think it's going to be – I think so too. It's going to be too many egos with the three of them on one team. And I think Bradley Beal can fit into what they have already really nicely. I was saying for months, like you can ask any of my NBA friends. I was saying for months, go do whatever you can to get Drew Holiday. He was the perfect fit. But then the Bucks like offered three first round picks and two pick swaps. And I'm like, that's too much. That's like, like not a good. That was Anthony goal. Davis territory. Like, why would right you... exactly? That makes but sense. obviously, like because the reason why they offered that was because like they want to keep Giannis on a long term deal. Right, but I mean, I can't really see Harden in like for the Nets, and I think Sorry. trading Lavert or Dinwiddie for him would be ridiculous because. I mean, the Nets really... They don't need them. They just don't need them. They don't need them. them. Those two guys make up, like, the knit and grit of, like, what the Nets are about. And I think the Rockets need them more. Right. And I think that, like, 
uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to bring enough, like, superstardom to Barclays Center where, like, they can still keep their, like, nitty-gritty, like, Brooklyn guys, as if, mm-hmm. is what I'm going to call them. Yeah. And I think that, like, makes the up hair. the brand of, like, what they are as a team. And they really didn't do so bad. I mean, now that they're all going to come together, I think they should, like, see how this season turns out. And then if they need – if they go into – next season, next, next off season, thinking like we need a little bit more backup and whatever front, I think they're going to be fine scoring points. They don't yeah. need James Harden and he doesn't play defense. So like they do not need any more points. Scorers, I think, well, so, I mean, we are focus more on the defensive end. We are about to run out of time. So yeah. Alex, any, want to wrap it up? Any last thoughts? Yeah, Cause I, mean, I, you guys said it all. Thank you guys for joining. I mean, like, this was an absolute joy. It was good to see you. Oh, my God, this was so, 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 so fun. And I'm glad we got to talk about soccer because we always want to, but we don't know what to say. (laughs) Yes, I'm glad we did. Awesome. All right. We'll have to do this again sometime. Um, Next collab on Throwing Down. Yes. Yes, Yes, I agree. All right. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for watching Box to Box. First ever video on Box to Box. And I'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Peace.